this is Michael James Benson. This is the podcast Top Notch Nonsense, a genre podcast where we, uh, where my wife and I are, introduce each other to um, specific, uh, unusual, fantastic, um, disturbing, unusual, wonderful, and thought-provoking movies that certainly are um, worth talking about. Now, um, this week we are talking about Grand Hotel and Mildred Pierce. I, I, I said it like that. Yes, both starring Joan Crawford. Yes, I, Mildred Pierce and Grand Hotel. Now, uh, before, we, before we go into, uh, go into that, um, I enjoyed The Watcher, by the way. That's nice. All righty, let's move on. Uh, thank you. That was quick. Um, now... Um, before we get into it, how, uh, where would you rank Joan Crawford in your, you know, estimation of like leading ladies during the forties and fifties? Or you mean the the thirties? Thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties. Early six, to early, early sixties and some of the seventies. Oh golly, I don't know. I mean, she's definitely up there. I don't know if she's my fave, but I like I like that she's brunette. I like that she uh, can play a badass. That's always kind of fun. She's very much one of the grand dames, which really shows in our second movie, but she's still pretty young yeah, in, in, in Grand, Grand Hotel. In Grand Hotel. I really, uh, I haven't seen this in a long, I haven't yeah, seen long, either one in a very, very long time, and I was really blown away by, Grand. I was really impressed by Grand Hotel. It reminded me a lot of... Um, some Robert Altman films about oh, the over, totally over uh, the over talking and everything, and you know how that that really that really got to me. Um, I real uh, I really liked how it just felt so real. It felt so um, organic. It didn't feel forced. It felt uh, like you were on some sort of rollicking, you know, roller coaster of going from one to thing to another and then you would have to and it goes so quickly that you're you're uh breathless kind of throughout. And um Yeah, that's one that's one thing that's really interesting about this movie especially for an early talkie because they're usually they're so staid because of how the sound equipment at the time worked. But this one the cinematography is really interesting and we get to see so much of the hotel and yeah the story i mean the many the several stories within this it just really keeps moving and it doesn't really linger on any one story or any one character for long enough to get you know just boring or anything and it really keeps moving yeah and that's that's what kind of that's what kind of propels that's what makes it so immediate immediate because we have kind of archetypes and specific like uh, like big busting uh, man has to say hello assistant yes I, I want you to dictate what I say but also I want to have sex with you in, in your pants and it's just and he has to and there's like oh no I gotta get away from I have to get away from this there is the insecure actress there's all these particular uh, particular characters all kind of bright uh, there's no other than Wallace Berry being kind of a disgusting creep throughout yeah, the entire want to do. yeah yeah that a lot. yeah and uh, pr- uh, plays it kind of pretty perfectly I mean this is kind of iconic for that I mean this particular picture but yeah and uh, we also have Greta who uh, Joan did not share any scenes with no, throughout the month she, she really really wanted to she really it was really kind of sad 
but uh, yeah, that's it's uh, it's a really I really enjoyed so much uh, so much of it. The depression and ang- anxiety with the performer character and how how uh, how novel of, of that being such a unique now that's uh, that might have been really new to put in a movie, but now it's like a trope of what? so many of like the depression anxiety with written oh, how uh, actress was so worried about money and they were constantly talking yeah about, this is this much marks and this is that much marks and yeah the um the Baron, who apparently lost his entire fortune, who's now a gambler and a thief and owes money to, I guess, the Berlin Mafia, something of that nature, some shady folks he uh, yeah. borrowed money from and has no way to pay back, so he tries to steal Greta Garbo's pearls, but he just can't do it. He can't do it. Um, just so you uh, just so you know, the uh, there not a lot of stuff was being uh, a lot of well known stuff was being put out this uh, the same time as Grand Hotel. There was King Neptune, Lauren uh, Lauren Hardy, a uh, comedy called Scram. There's a movie called Come On Tarzan, uh, <laughs> which is, and it looks like a sort of western. I think we should mention this is 1932. Yeah, this is September 11th, 9/11, oh, 1932, wow. where we also had Tom Keen in Beyond the Rockies and Shirley Temple in War Babies. Oh my gosh, there's wow. a war baby, and she's singing, and she's dancing, and she's a temple, and that's what's important. But uh, we also had, uh, of course, Life Begins, September 4th, came out. That was another big, uh, well-known movie. Anyway, but um, th- but there isn't, like, anything around this that has jumped out to me. Just a gigolo with Betty Boop. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, that's wild. That. Yeah, September eighth, nineteen thirty-two. That's what it came. That's what came out. There's a movie called OK America, with a comma in between both those um, words and an exclamation point at the end of America. Just very, very, just feels very. Oh, fantastic. I love punctuation in my titles. Yes, um, and of course, blessed event with uh, Lee Tracy, Mary Bryan, and Dick Powell. Um, but. Uh, the, 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 uh, but I didn't. I'm not aware of any of those. I wasn't aware of any no, of these I'm movies not, until I'm today, and I just so nothing really. I mean, so this is this has really stood the test of time, and really, made, and it feels so for how old it is, for it being nearly like it's ninety years 90 old. Year old movie. Ninety yeah. year old movie, and everyone is so gorgeous. Everyone is so gorgeous and pristine. Yeah, everyone looks amazing. <laughs> everything looks amazing. The um, all the set design and everything in this is beautiful. You know, the um, the MGM Grand actually um, kind of tried to recreate the yeah. hotel in this film for their interior, and they were going to make a remake in the But it, it, that's a that, disaster. Yeah, that did, not, that did not go well. A whole bunch of fucking, if you want to look up what happened, but my God, that was not fun for them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was, I, I, I can't, I can't, it, it felt, I'm not one for romantic type of uh, movies or those type of happy uh, those type of um, movies, but this felt very screwball. I like the screwballness, the fast pacedness of so much of this. I love the class warfare, uh, more or yes, less movie. That this was is really ins- interesting, especially that, in the thirties, um, set in Berlin and Germany, and yeah. the early Nazification of and, the country, and how ha- and how um, and how uh, just 
matter of fact, some of that na- Nazi stuff was, you know, intertwined in the movie and kind of woven into the movie to talk about and just how it, it really gives you a sense of time and place with those characters. And, but yeah, yeah, it really seemed to be yeah. on the side of the lower classes. Yeah, it did. There's even when he when that worker just keeps on fucking you can't don't talk to me this way you fucking asshole you can't talk to me this way this is bullshit more or less and I'm not reading any of the lines but it just it yeah, just really Otto, gets to you. Otto Kringlin yeah. is a, a I think oh he's a bookkeeper yeah he's a bookkeeper for Wallace Beery's character yeah he's the accountant and, and uh, he's off on he's off on sick leave and he's spending like his last marks at the Grand Hotel because he wants to live out his last few weeks in the lap of luxury. Because he has cancer, or because he's... De- oh, they, no, they, I, they never say what he has. Yeah, it, it, he seems like he's really sick throughout, or they put a lot of... They, they project a lot of ideas of that he is... That he's actually, he it. just keeps saying it. They don't even allude to it. He just keeps saying it. Yeah, and so there, uh, there's that. So there is some heartbreaking moments with, that, uh, with those two characters, and it feels very realistic. It feels very kind of dirty and kind of rough to watch. And it feels kind of true to life. Yeah, just I think it really fucking shit. the test of time because who wouldn't want to do that? Of course, I, yeah. I mean, not not everyone wants to do that to their boss. I don't. But I can see if you're, you know, a low level employee and you're on sick leave, and the the factory owner is just still treating you like a piece of dirt when you're staying at the same hotel, and it's like, who the fuck are you, bro? And it, you could really see that it, he's pleading with him so hard, like, I am a human being. Please treat me like a human being. I am here. Do not, you don't, there's no reason for you to be this utterly fucking cruel in your life <laughs> to be. Well, yeah, so if, if, there, if the yeah. film has a villain, he's definitely the Yeah, villain. he is. He's definitely one of them. And then, of course, there is the Baron, who's not really a, who might be a, not a Baron, or is not a Baron, or very no, much I a think, Baron. I think he actually is a Baron, <laughs> but if Wallace Beery's character, um, who is the general director precinct, uh, if he represents, like, the mercantile class sort of thing, the, um, industrial, re- post-industrial revolution, the factory owner class, um, then, yeah, we have the Baron representing the old money class, yeah. and he's, of course, he has the title, but he lost all the money, and, and so now he's... He's a, he's a thief, he's not the best guy in the world. Yeah, and now, yeah. But he's nice to everybody. Yeah. Because he was brought up properly yeah brought up in a proper way to talk to you in a very specific uh, distinguished manner but and yeah and he treats kringlin you know they actually end up being real real buddies yeah because he treats him nicely kringlin's just asking anyone to acknowledge him yeah and just yeah anybody treat me like a person and the only people that what the only people that do for i mean for the most part um, in the film are the Baron and Flumption, Joan Crawford's character, who is, she's a wannabe actress who models on the side, but she is, as the Baron calls her, a stenographist, which kind of made me want to puke, because, I mean, I think most of the typing was done by women at the time, and probably still is. Still is. It's like, really, must we, must we gender that title? Yeah, well? there's she, no reason for that. A stenographer. Can we just, <laughs> just say stenographer? We don't need to put an, yeah, that's not cool or interesting or anything it's just it was just it's just unneeded it's just kind of subtly 
it, it, not subtly, but just like it, it, how infected everything, how so much of the, uh, the gender stuff in the olden days was just so infected into the norms of like how they were, uh, how we're going to treat you a very specific way by putting a very specific type of, uh, twisting a very specific type of word, but yeah. You're not a full stenographer, you're just a stenographist. Yeah. But, but another thing I noticed during that scene when, um, Joan Crawford's character, Miss Flem, Flemchen, and the Baron are flirting. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I realize that pretty much everyone smoked at the time, especially in movies. But, I mean, yeah. as cool as it looked when they were talking to each other and both having cigarettes, it's like that that amount of smoke cannot have come from just those two cigarettes. Yeah, no. They, just There was just billowing smoke That's in between felt- them, all <laughs> over them, the entire conversation. And I'm amazed that they're having this kind of like flirty conversation and i'm like how are you people not hacking up a lung right now everybody yeah. must have smelled so <laughs> bad you're not going to get that out of your clothes like ever that amount of smoke <laughs> like it looks cool and it's romantic but in the rea- if you think about the reality of it, yeah it's like that is so gross <laughs> it is very it is super fucking gross looks and, cool uh, black and white yeah but... for a little while but then it just how big it is anyway and I think, yeah, Joan Crawford's character also um, partially represents the lower class. Yeah, she's a, she's a stenographer, so she is a working woman, Yeah, um, you know, unmarried. I think she's 28 here yeah. in, in real life. In real life. Yeah, we don't know how, um, how old the character is supposed to be. Nobody said anything. Maybe it's because, um, especially in the 30s in Berlin, it was known to have kind of a very loose cosmopolitan cabaret type atmosphere yeah that when i think of that era in that country i always think of um cabaret but yeah she was unmarried and she was working and i mean you know nobody nobody mentioned anything nobody really denigrated her yeah Except wallace beery's character who denigrates everybody, everybody and who thinks is, he's hot shit and he is because not he's stressed out because he's trying to put some deal together um, with some other company in Manchester, and they're just not buying his shit. They're not going for it, so it's not going well. So he's stressed out, being you know part of the uh, the owning class, and stuff isn't going his way. So he's just taking it out on everybody. So he tries to hire her for a pri- her for a private typing job because you know he's too important to learn to type. Yeah, too important. He doesn't need to he's, learn. He's like, yes, come from Berlin to Manchester with me. I will give you a hundred marks. That's not. And that, I'm not, it was really difficult finding out how much money that is because, you know, they use the euro. Yeah, I thought so you were... So you have learning. to do like a, like a mark to euro um, conversion and then... And then you have to find out from to, 32 from 2022. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how much it is, but I don't think it's that much. I think it's like $60 or something like that. $60 in 1932 or in 2022? No, now. Jeez! I, wow. So it's not even. I mean, that could that could be way off, but I don't think it's that much money. But who knows how long that, how far that would take you in in Europe in the thirties? Yeah. Well, that's that's certainly to something to look up Especially when we when, go to a museum. Yeah, when the Baron says he needs money and um, uh, uh, uh Kringline, he offers him some money. He's like, "Oh, you need some extra money? I have some. Do you want three hundred and fifty marks?" Like, that was just his chunk change that he was going to loan him. Yeah. And she's getting paid a third, you know, less than a third of that to travel, you know, halfway across Europe to do a job for however long. But I guess he's paying her room and board. I would at least hope so. Because I think he gets her a room at the hotel. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he does. He does. And I... 
which is which is where our our main um, ending incident takes place. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. The um other uh, the other thing is is that I just want to talk about how amazingly cast this is. This uh, how perfectly cast this thing is. Oh, this Lionel, ensemble class is incredible. It's it's absolutely insane. Lionel Barrymore is a real yeah. I really as Otto, and I I really liked him a lot. It really he really yeah. You really felt for him a lot, and it's just really neat to see he and his brother in a movie. It was the first time they worked together in a movie, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It felt so ephemeral. It felt so light. It felt like a Nancy. Yeah, like a. Robert uh, Robert Altman, Nancy Myers type of thing. It just uh, it uh, the characters are so well defined. I was so happy that I could see so well drawn characters compared to some shit that we've seen lately. I think especially with the um, the Greta Garbo character. Yeah. The the girl in Sky, she's a prima ballerina, but she has I don't know what I can only describe myself as star fatigue. Yeah. She just she feels too old and she just doesn't want to do, it, do anymore. it anymore. And she's just like you know the the crowds aren't what they used to be. This is depressing the shit out of me. I want to kill myself. She literally, you know, she keeps calling. Very out. relatable. Yeah. <laughs> of course, well, for she, all she of us. She keeps calling out of performances. Just you know, being like I can't do this anymore. And her, I guess her her sort of like ladies maid assistant and her manager yeah. is like, dude, just go and dance. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're great. Just go do it. Don't worry about it. Keep on doing and she's, it. Like she has what appears to be really hardcore clinical depression. Yeah. At least until um, she finds the Baron in her room and they develop a relationship or a I friendship. Guess, or... Yes, I guess it, it seems kind of romantic, but he just wants to steal her pearls so he can sell them to pay off his debts, which is fucked up. Which is very fucked up. Don't do that. Um... <laughs> of course he doesn't do it. He gives them back because no. he just... he's. You know, he kind of—he's a, a bit of a ne'er do well, but he's not a bad person. No, he just, he's not a he bad person. He doesn't want to hurt people. No, he's just ir- uh, irritating in the worst way <laughs> and you think awful. So? Yeah, well, no, no, I meant like irritating as an irritant that uh, you have to deal with in a story of like, oh God, here's this guy is going to try to well, both, fucking make you. Your- know, Greta Garbo and Joan Crawford are both pretty into him. Yeah. Because he's, he's a fancy man. And he is handsome. Is a, he is a handsome son of a bitch. Yeah. John the, Barrymore the is her grandfather, so Lionel Barrymore would be her great uncle, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. I, and, and I like. I've heard of Wallace Berry's name, but I'm pretty ignorant as far as, like, how... I've seen probably two, his face in, like, two or three other movies other than this, but I'm not, you know, pretty... I'm not knowledgeable about his IMDb. The main things I know him from, but he was in a lot of stuff in the 30s and um, the 20s. I mainly know him from Three Ages with... um, He's the the bully with um, Buster uh, Keaton. Yeah. And also, he is um, uh... Harlow's husband in Dinner at Eight. Oh yeah, he is, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. I really like that and movie. And we have a the lot. same birthday. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's certainly something. I share a birthday with Wallace Beery and Debbie Reynolds. It's sweet in a lot of mo- in in a lot of moments. This movie, I really um, I really got connected really Especially emotionally with like the Baron. He finally he gets a chance to quote unquote. I'm not going to say earn, but get money by setting up a a, po- uh, a poker game. A poker game with which... um, Kringline and uh, I guess a bunch of his fancy pants rich friends. And Kringline just sweet.
sweeps. Everybody. Yeah. It's everybody's money. And he's like, oh, And he's as happy as he's ever been in his life. He's like, wow. He says he has like 30,000 marks, which I I guess is a lot of money at the time. Yeah. Um, 60 then, bucks or not, but whatever. And then, you know, he gets completely wasted, just having an, an utter ball. He literally says like, for the first time in my life, I feel like I really live tonight. And that is, that is so like sad. So sweet and so sad at the so same sad. time. But then the Baron, because um, Kringlein is wasted and in his bed, um, he loses his wallet and it ends up on the floor of his room. And Kringlein's like, wow, I could totally just take this and pay off my debts and then just have money for a while. And he he swipes it. Yeah. But then Kringlein wakes up and he's like, I can't find my pocketbook. I can't find my pocketbook. And and the Baron's just like, fuck, man. I I, I have, I have this guilt. It's like, going to eat at me. He's like, just like with the garbo thing, he's like, I can't do it, man. And he just drops it on the floor and is like, oh, here it is. I found yeah. it. And he like he could have solved all of his problems and went off with Greta Garbo to her new show, which she, you know, meeting the Baron, she has a new zest for life and wants to go do a new show in yeah. another country. And she's like, come with me. And he's like, yes. And he could have just done that. And he was, and he. He couldn't do it. He's like, nah, man, here's your money. And I was kind of, I guess I'm a shitty person. I was kind of open, like, you could swipe half of it and take your Yeah, yeah, or 25%, just enough to pay off. Yeah, just but enough to pay off what you need to do. That. Yes, like, yes. Because you know honestly, Kringle better morals than we do. Money if he hadn't set up the poker game. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you could, you could get a cut. He could have been nice and asked him. He's like, hey, I'm having this problem. Can I get a cut? And you know, Kringle would have straight up said, yeah, buddy, sure. That is a bit uh, subversive of an idea, though, to ha- to put in a uh, bi- uh, in a movie with those big names in 1932. Don't take some of the money or to give them that much. I I would I liked it. I think that would, would be a great idea. I just don't know. It's just these little things that show these char- you know who these characters are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I think uh, we should also mention this is the movie. In which uh, Garbo says, "I want to be alone," but uh, it, it but there's like a discrepancy because a lot of people are saying it's a one one particular phrase when it might be something or it, there's like a couple of words it said that it was says that I uh, on Wikipedia it says uh, for the. Delivers that I want to be alone and immediately following. I just want to be alone. Soon after, in conversation with Baron von Baron Felix, she says, "And I want to be alone," referring to its legendary use as a characterization of her personal reclusive life. Garbo later insisted, "I never said I want to be alone. I only said I want want to to be let alone." alone. There is all the the difference. difference. Yeah, and she's absolutely right. I couldn't agree more. What, uh, could you, uh, for our listeners or anybody, uh, to describe the difference? Well, I want to be alone as I don't want anyone near me. And I want to be let alone as you can be near me, just don't bug me. Yeah. Oh, that's that the way I familiar. interpret it. Yeah. Yes, doesn't it? Yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about? Until- well, I think we learn quite a bit about Joan Crawford's character with how she interacts with um, all the men. Yeah, and we could also see what type of personality, uh, you know, the type of star that she's going to be in the next, or you you can see the type of personality and the type of characters that she would come back to, and the type of tricks that, no, not tricks, but uh, uh, things that, that things that she can do really well 
that are uh, that are just honed even more in the in the decades following. Oh, absolutely. Oh, co- going back to Wallace Beery and his gruff persona. According to IMDb trivia, he uh, stormed off set and said he would only come back when Joan Crawford learns how to act. Wow! Could you imagine? Yeah, I. She's good. She's great. I like her a lot. I don't know what the thing is. Yeah, I mean, especially in her scenes with him. Like, yeah, how she relates to the men. She's kind of flirty with um with the Baron, but she also isn't like isn't really falling for his shit too much. She's kind of toying with him a little bit. Yeah. Um, and with Kringline, she's very kind to him. She's yeah. Another person that is like, oh, this. Poor guy. Sure, I will dance with you. Yeah. Even though your boss is saying that you can't for some reason. <laughs> you can dance. Or, or is saying that, yeah, no, you have to come with me. You have to come and type for me. You can't dance with him. It's like, dude, chill. It's type a party. for me. I Do not dance later. with that man. And then the later in the scene um, with Wallace Beery's character, um, what's his name? Precing, I think it is. Um, where he's trying to come on to her, like, hey, you work for me, so, I, so you need to really work for really me. Really work for me. And she, she's trying to play it off like, Haha, no. Uh, but yeah. then she gets to be like, yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go in here. I'm going to go pack, and we'll go do this job, but this is where we stand. Yeah. And then, of course, he finds the Baron, who's still, you know, he he's like, ah, what can I do? I, I can't steal from these people I like. I can steal from someone I hate. Yay! And everyone else hates. I'll steal from this fucker. And so he tries to steal his pocketbook, but, of course, he gets caught by Wallace Beery, and Wallace Beery beans him with the phone and murders him Yeah, that's, in his hotel room. That's That uh, that was quite the turn. I did not see that coming no, that way. No. I was like, oh, okay, what? What's happened? What the fuck was that? <laughs> We're just doing that at the end of the movie? Or in the last yeah, 20 I minutes? I didn't just... see that coming. Because the Doctor <laughs> character, you know, at the beginning, of, he sandwiches it at the beginning and the end. You know, people coming, people going, and nothing ever happens. Well, I can see that at the beginning. But at the end, yes, yeah, something very much happened. Yeah. A guy died. He was Nothing happened except murder. In one of the rooms. <laughs> and it's so weird. It's so, bl- it, it's so weird how blasé all... All the um, the staff of the hotel are about it. Like, oh well, Hello? we better go cover this up. Yep, and uh, clean it up. And uh, yeah, because more people are coming to the hotel. More people are just it, work does not stop. It just keeps on going and going. I know. It's like, is going. this a common occurrence? Yeah, it's like, oh wow, this is like our eighth, like death or their eighth murder or anything like that. Then it would be. Yeah, that's that's. But not then great. it's really sad because. Greta Garbo's character is waiting for him to come on the train with her to go to her next gig, and he just doesn't show up, and like mm-hmm. she never finds out why. Yeah, this uh, this had a fairly sad ending yeah. for Greta. Yeah, people are uh, people are you know coming and going, and they're gossiping. Did you hear the Baron was murdered? Oh, but my. she never actually finds out. I no. And it's like, oh, damn, is it better that she does or better that she doesn't? So that was kind of an interesting... That's it, and very fantastic, very awesome and very uh, striking for 1932 to have such a very uh, <laughs> rough ending, really sad ending for but that. But it's, it's a nice ending for Kringline. He yeah. has all that dough and uh, runs off with, um, with Joan Crawford instead. We don't. They don't seem romantic or anything. They seem like they're just buddies. Yeah. And he's like, just come with me. Let's go. We don't know where they're going or what they're gonna do, but all right, have at it, you guys. Yeah, and that would have been really yeah. Yeah, and do you think it should be remade, 
or do you want it to be would it would you give a shit if this was on if this was remade with you know i think it would depend on who's directing it and what the cast was who do you uh i i can't really i mean other than i know who would i would like to see in the night i mean in our favorite decade do this uh, in the 90s i just don't know who would do this now now and who would have Mm -hmm. who's because the first, every time I just I saw Willis Beery, I thought, oh, there's a, a John Goodman type character of the oh, '90s with that gut and yeah. with that everything and with that growl and that every anyway. But uh, I really love this. I really, really, um, really liked it a lot. My gosh. Um, before we get to Mildred uh, Pierce, is there? Um, do you want to say anything about Smile? No. Okay. Good. Uh. <laughs> What? You don't? It's not fun. It wasn't. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah. I really um, disappointing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, Mildred Pierce came out in 1945, September also of that year. The uh, following movies also came out in September of that particular year. Apology for murder. Come Out Fighting, That Night With You, The Crime Doctor's Warning, Rhapsody in Blue, Flirty Birdie, that's a that's a cartoon, River Gang, The Fatal Witness, Crime Does Not Pay, thank you, thanks, uh, The Bashful Buzzard, and um, Men in Her Diary, starring Peggy Ryan, John Hall, and Louise Albritton. These were the wonderful movies coming out in September of 1945. The war had just ended a couple weeks before, and so people were celebrating. What were they celebrating? You know, post-war depression. (laughs) Insidiousness. Defeat of the Nazis? Yeah, defeat of the Nazis, but mostly that. Yeah, defeat of the Nazis, mostly that. But, um... But, uh, it was... It was wonderful. I... I love this thing. This oh, was like so a freaking. It's, it's such so a. Good. It's such a great movie. Um, I I can't. Uh, this felt more like a family melodrama, though. This felt more like a Douglas Sirk riff yes. as much as a uh, film noir, even though it's uh, based on a really uh, great book that I have not read in a long time. Probably about like fifteen. No, more than that. But yeah, I read it in college because I was obsessed with that type of stuff and wanted to read it. And it's a great book too. And I love James M. Keynes. But uh, but this didn't. Uh, this uh, the this had entitlement written. All these people oh are entitled gosh. out of their goddamn gourds. I have so much written down on how angry I was with the daughter character. character but uh, Vita. yeah, but what this an is, asshole. Yeah, my God, my God, this is um. This is not a good, not a good time. Uh, but uh, this had a great, this had a pretty great cast. Every this was a well casted thing. I didn't know a lot of the other uh, stars, but uh, I, I totally was... forgot Butterfly McQueen was in this. I love her; she's so adorable and everything. She, uh, uh, Joan Crawford, was not the first uh, choice. Um, oh, really? Betty uh, Betty Davis was the studio's first choice. Wow. And Michael Curtis wanted Barbara Stanwyck, who just did Double Indemnity a year yeah. before. Okay, I can see both of them in this. And um, but this this film noir is so this need I think this needed Joan. You could have gone with those other two, but 
I think she brings just a wonderful, not to you know, not, not to put too fine a point on it, but a mother type of. You need a mothering oh. face and a mothering type of character, and I don't know. We all know what a great mother Joan Crawford was. Yeah, I, I, I but she has the enigma of uh, uh, she has the face of the, a caring and facade. empathetic she of a the facade of a loving mother. Yeah, of the I'm here for you. That type of I that, would do anything for my daughter. Yes, oh really? Except actually, you know, help her. But um, no, <laughs> no. but um, she was uh. She uh, and Michael Curtis didn't think uh, she was going to be right for the party. It wor- eventually worked out, but she uh, <laughs> he thought uh, come up here with her high hat airs and her goddamn shoulder pads. Why I should waste my time <laughs> directing a has been. The oh, shoulder man. pads were the were their own star in this film. Yeah. Joan Crawford and Eve Arden with the shoulder pads. Oh my god. Jesus. It um it it has it, it just is a very wonderful lush type of feel to it. It has just it feels orchestric this in, in, orchestric. I love that word. Orchestral? Orchestral. Orchestral. The entire story feels very orchestric and orchestral. Um and uh but let, uh, yeah let's get uh, let's get into it what do you what did you uh when was the last time you saw that i mean it's been a while probably oh, since it was years ago probably with my mom on amc or tcm what what uh what do you love about this movie what jumps out to you what's the first thing after like well i like days? that all the best characters are women yeah yeah and i like that she is basically doing this on her own she's doing she doesn't need her man to help her you know get her own anything, goddamn they business just fuck up. yeah they just fuck everything up and it just makes it worse but the fucking it, she does all of this stuff she gets the she opens a restaurant on her own it becomes successful with well, she does her have, and her have her friend Wally's help she has, with getting the money for that getting the money for that for a little bit but she's the one that runs it she's the one that kind of makes it successful she's the one kind of holding it down trying to balance this work life balance that uh that is so tough to uh, you know pull off and i uh I did not know. I I forgot. I, it's been a while since I've seen this, so I didn't remember as many of the um, uh, as many as uh, of the uh, movie beats or as, as a movie as many of the movie. Uh, this is a tight movie. Motion, yeah. But this is uh, yeah. This is pretty well put together. Oh my god! After uh, so, what? How do we want to talk about this? This is about because it's a death. We have a death of a child in here. We have the best child, her good child died. The happy one, the one with empathy. Hey, I loved this character and I loved this little actress. She was so good. What uh, what else had she been in? You were look, you were probably looking it up, or or what uh, what else came to mind when you? Oh, let's see. What a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh, stars on Parade. Okay, A Scandal in Paris, of Human Bondage. I'm uh, those last two. I'll watch. I'll watch both of them. But um, yeah, those those that sounds interesting. What years were th- those last two? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Well, uh, Stars on Parade was 1944, and um, of Human Bondage was 46. Wow. Well, she's uncredited in a lot of stuff. She was really good. I loved her doing the um, 
She when she did her little rendition of Carmen Miranda's South American Way, that was adorable. I love that. Yeah, scene. it it really it felt it felt natural, it felt real, it felt it felt really I it felt real. It felt so it felt really adorable. I couldn't stop smiling yeah, at that. That felt so really, great. really into it, doing the little accent and everything with with the outfit. It was so cute, and she had a, a great line that I that I really liked that she said to Vita because I love it with the, when anyone sticks to Vita. She says, "You want to do something about your sit down? <laughs> it sticks out." And it's like, whoa! She just told her sister she has a fat ass. That's awesome. That's awesome. That little badass kid. I've never heard of it that of that. Yeah, I've before never heard that, it called before. that before. That's really fascinating, but um, yeah. The uh, well, overall, the husband's been murdered, murdered. Uh, but uh, oh my gosh, another husband at the police station has the police station has the husband been murdered? Well, I don't know what's happening. Anyway, I have no idea where I'm going with it. It was some of this, but uh, yeah, the second husband of Mildred Pierce has been murdered, and uh, the and what does she do? She she goes and hangs out um, by the ocean. Gets harassed by a cop, like you do. Asshole cop, of course. So she goes to Wally's bar and says, uh, you know, I have better booze up at the beach house. Why don't you, uh, come to my beach house? Ooh. And then we find out that's where the body is. So I'm like, okay, so she's trying to frame it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really fascinating that that just, that spirals out of... Uh, control. There's so much uh, chauvinism. I, I, I want to get this out. There's so much fucking evil men shit. There's so many fucking just men just pushing and pushing and pushing when they're not supposed to be and just being this misogynistic patriarchal horseshit all over this fucking movie that it it, it seems seems so pointed like it was done like, like it was an artistic like it was an artistic choice to show so many of them being so fucking awful to her throughout this shit, but yeah. Such as? Wrote so many freaking notes about uh, the one just says, Vita is a bit of a fucking manipulative. I've I've never seen a character that I've hated more in a movie than when I've uh, than when I've it's been a long time since I've hated a character. I always wonder, because when the movie starts, she's what, like 15? And I just wonder, like, where did you learn to be so classist and money mouth? None, no one else in the family Yeah, you're like not, that. Yeah, there, there's no fucking, there's no Kardashians, there's no other things for them to look at. To, uh, she's not, like, looking at Well, she reads the society fancy, page. Oh, well, then there you go, yeah. yeah. If you're reading page six and you find out about some you know, wealthy dude and is I mean, they live in Glendale. Yeah, yeah, the the <laughs> the ritziest place in Los Angeles County. No, uh, but a nice part of Glendale, or just like no, nothing against Glendale. No, I like Glendale a lot. That she had uh, by the end, she had so many restaurants all over the place. One in Glendale, one in Bev Hills, one in all all over the. I'm jumping all over the place, but yeah, it just. Uh, when I uh, by the end she, she kind of got what I was really kind of happy that uh, about the ending we'll talk about it later but yeah um I can't uh, like when Vita gets yeah. um gets her dress she's so excited you know and um the husband who lost his I guess realtor job was like where'd you get the money for that dress and she's like I make pies for the neighbors I earned it I bought her a dress like get off calm my dick. down yeah get off my dick about it 
And then Vita is just an ungrateful twat, just like, oh my god, there's ruffles in this material, and it smells weird. I could never wear this. And it's like, then learn to sew. <laughs> Be like Andy in Pretty in Pink and make something out of it. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that makes plenty of goddamn sense. I, I really... she And she seems so lazy and... Un, I, and uh, so awful in so many fucking ways there uh, i did like how los angeles was shot around here i felt like it it really felt like locally i noticed so many uh moments and uh, i noticed so many monuments and shit like that and actually looked like freaking pch when they were driving down oh yeah the yeah when they were driving up and down malibu or yeah but um I I don't I didn't like the fir- I don't like the first husband as a character at all. He's an awful and fucking. And something about prick. his face is just like, and she's like, oh, he could have never killed my second husband. He's too kind. And I'm like, I don't know. He has a like a dick face, and he's kind of acting like a dick. So I'm not seeing it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it just I I really did not. I, I I was I, it's been such a long time I kind of forgot the ending of how that yeah. of of how she just was oh wow it's the little girl who fucking murdered it just uh, or just are we surprised though? no we're not no we're not not entirely not entirely not by the end not after hitting us over the head about how fucking rough she is as a human being but she is a rough human being I would not want to she doesn't have any i wouldn't want to be a friend to her yeah, if i was a like little the, kid yeah like with the um so she has a sweetheart who's from some upper crust um moneyed family yeah. so it's like okay so you're gonna marry marry rich the um the boy's mom isn't happy about it but you know you went and did it you married him and there's nothing she can do about it now it's like okay so you reached your goal you could go to college you know go to you know do well in school, go to an Ivy, try and find a rich husband that way. But anyway, you did it in California. Good for you. Live, live your, you know, your, you know, real housewife's life and mm-hmm. have fun. Does she do that? No, no, she does not do that. She fakes a pregnancy and she gets a divorce, fakes a pregnancy, and takes ten grand from the family. Tri- yeah, that's a, that's a triple, <laughs> triple strike. That is. It's like, dude, why? And it's like it's. Only ten grand. That can back then. That could last you maybe a year. Probably not living super lavishly. Like no, now, what are you gonna do? And she just ends up, you know, being like an old timey version of a of an influencer or an Instagrammer. She just dances and sings in a club. And it's like, really, is this the ritzy life you want? This is what you wanted. This is and that uh, and it was it was so powerful and um and moving in a weird way to me at least that to see Joan Crawford looking at her daughter doing that dance that her that her little sister was doing something similar so early on worse she was doing it worse I or whatever but it just it it and the and the the all those emotions in Joan Crawford's eyes as she's looking yeah. at her fucking daughter her only daughter now doing that type of no no great do it if you want but that actually seems like a blast but we know what it's indicative of and where it's and where it might go if there was a sequel to this movie it'd be very fucking dark but uh yeah 
But it's just like, yeah, this isn't what I wanted for you. Is this what I worked for? You know, becoming a waitress and busting my ass and building all these restaurants? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. You could have you could have gone to Brown or something. You could have made something of yourself as well. Yeah, as well as did this. You can do both. You can do dancing, all sorts of different dancing stuff, and and do other shit. Not have this be the well, focus. I believe Joan Joan Mildred Pierce, Joan Crawford's character, says to both at different points in the movie, to um, to Vita and also to her second husband. Monty, Monty Barragon. Monty Barragon. Um, who, Zachary Scott. Yeah, who I guess is from an old moneyed family who lost most of their money. He doesn't have much, but people know who he is. He is. He plays polo. He's in the society page and whatnot. Yeah. But she says both to him and Vita at different points in the film, is like, you look down on me because I work for a living. Yeah. I, th- I think that is kind of the crux of this film. Yeah. And Again, I, also I agree with you. Yeah. Class. yeah. It, wow, we didn't even fucking... You know, before putting this together, we were just said to Joan Crawford movies. We didn't realize that both of them are very cla- uh, comments on class warfare or what people have, to, uh, what working people actually have to do versus people who are lazy and stuff, or people who do not want to work or whatever or that don't shit. Don't have to work, or yes, or don't have to work. But uh, yeah, I know what you're smiling about, you fucking <laughs> silly goose. Uh, you're welcome, but or whatever. But um, it's it. It really is, and how uh, so succinct and subtle and sly these um, comments and criticisms are within the movie. Which I think is really interesting that they both star Joan Crawford, because I think that was actually a big part of, like, when you watch Feud, that's kind of a big part of something that was always in the back of her head, that she came from nothing and had to change her name, and her mother was a laundress, and she still felt like no matter how much money and power and fame she had, she was never going to be really in with the in crowd. If you lived in the 30s and 40s, who would you want to be friends with in Hollywood if you were a uh, if you were a publicity or tabloid journalist, who would you want to who would you be talking to if, or if hanging I out was with if you're or Luella, yeah. Luella Parsons? Yeah, or yeah, one of those two. Or, or yeah, go ahead. In thirties and forties, I think I would want to be friends with Jean Harlow. She seems like a sweetheart, and Marion Davies. Would you want to talk to either one of the, uh, to Joan or Bet, or would you not be that person, or did you not want to project their ideas out into the world? I think I would world? be afraid of both of them. Really? Yeah. Well, they are fucking powerful and megawatt star. Yeah. If you can scare away, uh, <laughs> if you can scare uh, Marilyn. But uh, anyway, it's I. I really uh, I don't know if who I would be. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it'd be really interesting to see what type of um, it, it, that whole um, time machine shit. That would be really fascinating. I don't know. I would want to spend time in the system working to see how the studio system worked as a as a executive, just to see how it you know how the machinations of that shit will go that's why i'm excited about the book you got the book you got me and so anyway but um anyway i think that's about it is there anything else you wanted oh, to I talk about i loved oh. eve arden in this oh yeah her character is so great ida corwin yeah yes so she was the um 
I guess the owner or the manager of the first restaurant that Mildred Pierce works at, and she kind of brings her along. I imagine she's like, um, "Come and manage my restaurants. I'll double your salary." Is how I how I took it to mean. Yeah. And she is just this great big shoulder pads, badass, smart mouth. Hard-drinking lady. lady. Yeah, she I know. rules in this movie. Yeah, she's really great. I really liked her in this. This, It felt, uh, very, br- it felt very brassy, very of a uh, specific archetype that will, or type of lady and type of actress we would see over the next, like, 40, 50 years. I really like liked her a lot. Who did you say she reminded you of? Um, Allison Jane, Janney. Yes, totally. Yeah, very or, or Jane Lynch. Or Jane Lynch, yeah. yeah. That, uh, that's uh, Those two actresses really, if they, of course, remade this or whatever the fuck, but yeah. It would, they did remake it. Yeah, they did. With Kate Winslet. Yeah, 2011. Yeah. Still on my watch list. Did you not see that or no? Uh, I might have watched it when it first came out. Oh, okay. Well, something for me to dig into or with you or not. But yeah, um, yeah. That, you're not the main problem. It, you're not going to make your daughter ha- this daughter happy. This, yeah, you know, she's she's never going to have enough. No, it's you know, it's like this, like the eighties song. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. so she's so underhanded. She's trying to get with the second husband, and he's like entertaining it, which is gross. Weird. She's and like eighteen. Disturbing. He's like forty something. Very disturbing. And, and, and I'm like, up. and I'm like, I knew because he was. They were, you know, they went to the polo fields, and he picked out her car. Not cool. And they they were a little bit too close for comfort, as far as I was concerned. But then when that happened, I was like, oh shit! I totally forgot about this part. I wonder how shocking that would have been in 1945. Like, dude, no. Yeah. That's your mom's husband, and ah, not crazy. cool. And then he's like, I was just good. He was. He was like, I'm not going to marry you. He was like, yeah, I was just going to fool around with you. Gross. Gross. But I'm not actually going to marry you. Uh, so you were just going to, you weren't even going to marry me. Like, you were just going to bang me and walk away. Well, I'm already married awful. to your mom. It's like, I oh, guess God. that's better. I don't know. And then she's just like, fine, you're not going to marry me and just treat me like the little tartlet I am. I'm going to shoot you dead. <laughs> and it's like, well, shit, bitch. <laughs> When she doesn't get what she wants, you end, you end up dead or she completely disowns you. It's like, what do you want? You just want someone to give you a bunch of money? Why shouldn't anyone do that? No, you, you don't have, yeah, you don't have the humanity or the, yeah, to, yeah, there's no reason for that. Also, the, both movies, the last third, in the last third, someone gets murdered. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's just so surprising how many similarities there are between the two of them. But yeah, is there anything else you wanted to really chat about no, that really jumped good. out at me? Okay, this has been top notch nonsense. That was top notch nonsense. If you want to get back, if you want to contact us, you can contact us at top notch nonsense pod at gmail dot com. If you have any questions, you can at me at mjb comedy or. Something else. Uh, You have a wonderful, wonderful day.